Welcome back to another exciting episode, the 129th and penultimate episode of the Die Hard Minute, where for the past 13 weeks, uh, 20, or sorry, for the past 26 weeks, 13 groups of uh, Movies by Minute podcasters have been bringing you one week at a time, one minute at a time of the greatest 1988 Christmas adventure movie ever made. John McTiernan's film, Die Hard. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com and the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute. And Jim, uh, welcome to final episode eve. If, if yesterday was penultimate episode eve, here we are at, uh, at the eve of the final episode. And it's sure, a good feeling. It is a good feeling. And, you know, we have a guest. We have, um, I'm just going to uh, be immodest and say we have one of the star guests from the Rocketeer Minute. Um, you no, know, stop. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Um, yeah. Was, ah, roll those fun. My uh, gosh, my childhood uh, childhood friend, the composer of the should have been award winning scores for uh, the Rocketeer Minute, uh, and uh, just all around uh, pretty good guy, Mr. Tom Geyer. Tom, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. I, I, I won an award in your heart, Hal. That's all I could ever ask for. <laughs> it is, and it's uh, it's brass, and it's starting to corrode. <laughs> Put it on the shelf and put a blanket over it. It'll be great. Don't, don't pick at it. The flakes will come off. Yes. Uh, wow. Well, we're we're here at the very last uh, pieces of photography of the end of uh, of of the end of the Die Hard minute, and uh, we're watching uh, dear old Nakatomi Plaza uh, and all the uh, cast and crew that have bothered to show up on the final night of filming, uh, and we watch the sunset over uh, Olympic Boulevard. While uh, while the fog clears, and we hear uh, the the late great Vaughn Monroe still singing his uh, "Let It yes. Snow, Let It Snow." Old let leather it snow. tonsils, as we discovered <laughs> yesterday. Fantastic. <laughs> voice with the hair on it. Well, man, I mean th- that final shot. I-, I remember coming down to L.A. to go to school, and Nakatomi Plaza was there, and they're like, "No, that that's Century City. What are you talking about?" I mean, yeah, it's the Die Hard building, and then that became such a thing that every time we drove by it somebody would start singing let it snow i don't know if you guys have cleared let it snow so i'm not going to sing it but uh you know it's like you could not separate being in that part of the city with that song and that shot and that whole thing it was just it was such an iconic building still is today it will always be Uh, and you always want to bang on the windows just you you want to bang on the window and see if huey lewis is uh, behind the desk i mean there's so many things you know what would it look like if the glass blew out while i was walking underneath it you know just (laughs) can they really fly a helicopter that close i suppose they land them up there there's an h on the roof like uh it's so cool and so it, it, it's Christmas in Century City. Anytime you see that building, it just is. It will always be Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza. You know, it's just. It will. It will indeed. And I just, I wonder how many dorks they get that just walk in the lobby. They just sort of like get ready to. Oh, it's, no, it's all, all, all the time, every day, all the time, all the time. It, it, yeah. it, it was a stop. I mean, if you're going over there, you're going to go stand in front of Nakatomi Plaza and take a picture. That's just all there is to yes, it. Yes, I'm here to see uh, Clay. Bill Clay. That's uh, <laughs> is he in? Oh man, that's too funny. Which is something I, I want to bring up. One of the things that we've been talking about on the uh, on our uh, Die Hard with a Die Hard with a podcast listeners limo, uh, somebody brought up a, an idea, a theory that that Hans Gruber is Bill Clay. Like that was his that was his persona when he was working for Nakatomi. And the reason that they know so much about this place is that he was just one of the many. 
um, you know, uh, office dr uh, drones that were wandering around the office and that that really was his it, uh, his character. Hmm. Well, uh, there was a gentleman that I worked for who's a, a composer, very famous, very German, who uh, urban legend has it actually some of that character was based upon perhaps him as a young man in a band that was perhaps the first video on MTV. But that's all I'm going <laughs> to say about Now, what did video yeah. do to the radio star, Tom? Well, I don't know, but it's never convicted. German. That's all I know. <laughs> that's that's so, amazing. Uh, so, so the Hans Gruber background is is of urban legend, yeah. of course. Now, you, now, hang on, just a second here. You're saying you 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 worked with and you knew a buggle? I did. Yeah. Yes. The uh, the guy the guy who's playing keyboards wow. in the very back of the band turns out to be no other than uh, than Mr. Zimmer um, of of every movie that's cool that. Chris really, that's on Zimmer. That is just peculiar. Yeah, he worked with I, Trevor Horn and was uh, was part of that original band. He and Trevor were, I think, wow. producing like upstart bands and television jingles together at the time. Well, you guys are going to have to go on without me for a few minutes. I need some time to process this. I, <laughs> everything I've known. Hans about, Zimmer is the keyboard yeah, player of the Buggles in the video. I, everything so, yeah. I everything I knew about uh, you know everything I've known about everything is just all called into question. It's pretty funny that that and he doesn't like to talk about either the fact that maybe Hans Gruber is modeled after someone he knows and that he's in that video. It's that pretty fun. incredible. You know, for the for the record, uh, getting back to this, the, the the Bill Clay theory, I think it's fascinating, but I don't think I buy it. I think there's there's just too much emphasis on Gruber looking at the reader board, sort of picking a name. And I, if I remember right, it's W.M. Clay or William Clay. And just saying, uh, Clay, yeah. uh, Bill Clay. I mean, it's it's it, it's it has too much of that rhythm of a fake name sort of thing. But I don't know. Yeah, he's he's accepting the persona in the moment. Right. Okay. So so would you say there are no inside guys in this thing? I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where there has to be a background that they knew how to get into the place. They knew where the they knew what the locks were. They knew what was being stored in there. All where all the bearer bonds were. I think it starts and ends with Huey Lewis. You know, he wanted a new drug. <laughs> Andy, he yeah. couldn't. He couldn't drive eighty-eight. You know, he couldn't do it. You know, I cannot let that uh, the mention of that lyric slide without uh, mentioning uh, the horrendously hurried novelization of Back to the Future, which I read, you know, cover to cover twenty times back when we couldn't buy the movie on the way home from the movie, and uh, right. they would start every chapter with with snippets of song lyrics from the soundtrack. And they were so wrong. There's, a, I don't think anybody ever actually edited this book because there was a mention of that. No time. There was no time. There was no time. <laughs> literally no time. Um, so whatever chapter it was, they, they have the little lyrics uh, from uh, from that tune. It's got to get back in time. And it says, please don't drive and eat. And not, yeah, please wow. don't drive 88. But but we know it's yeah, 88. Of course, please don't but... drive and eat. Like, this is really weird, very <laughs> specific and not very powerful PSA that shows up in the middle. Well, they were, in, they were the, anticipating cell phones of the future. Yeah. Please don't you text and don't drive. Don't, yeah. text, don't, don't text and drive. Well, I think it was printed uh, like on a on a album jacket or a or a, like a greatest hits compilation. That lyric was actually printed as part of the song that way too. Oh, not really? just uh, not I just never knew that. Yeah. Oh, I that's interesting. It so it does though. exist elsewhere. Can't so. drive and eat. It, I believe. I mean, it I, when you yeah. listen to it, I guess if if you don't, if you obviously haven't seen the movie at that point, you have no idea. You know, please don't drive and eat makes about as much sense as please don't drive eighty eight. But 
I, I guess so. Yeah, but the, oh, so you're, you're you're telling me it's not hip to be scared. It's hip to no, be scared. It's not hip to be scared. Oh, uh, and, and do you or I don't you it. want a new duck? <laughs> I don't want a new duck. That's 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 weird owl territory over there. Yeah. Oh my! Wow. Well, uh, we we do get to say farewell to uh, to Vaughn Monroe, who, uh, I, as, as I mentioned yesterday, the uh, the star of so many garage sale uh, album uh, stacks. Uh, uh, yep, he, he was everywhere, <laughs> and he he recorded, I think, everything. Just uh, there was a uh, warhorse, I believe, is <laughs> is the term in the in the industry, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good. Who do we get to cover ball. these new charts that this young kid wrote? Ah, let's get. Let's get that. We'll just get leather tonsil. Trot him out. Oh, leather tonsils. Cut that whole track yeah. in like five yeah. minutes. No he's, problem. He's Ferranti and Teicher in one. Yeah. Right. All in one. Yeah, cigarette in one hand, martini glass in the other. Come on, fellas. Let's knock these out. <laughs> What's wrong with a line? Comes rolling tuck. into Capitol Records. Yeah. yeah, that's it. In a wheelchair with a martini and an IV bag. I love that. <laughs> what do I look like I got all day? Come on. Five, six, seven, eight. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's oh, go. Wow. They pay you to play those things, boys. Let's get this done. <laughs> oh, gosh. I want to see your movie. And then, and then Beethoven comes yes. next, huh? What, what's yeah, that? Yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure, but uh, it was interesting. I was reading. I, I suppose we'll uh, save that for your final minute. But uh, it, it was a conscious decision by uh, the filmmakers to use that thing to lighten it up. And then I'm sure you already talked about it in the course of the film, but you can hear uh, Cayman. He's, he's, he's sneaking it in all yes, over the place. Yes. It's awesome. Yeah. There's and tons he's, of and he's, he's playing it on everything. I mean, there's a Celestina, there's a, uh, he, he's just, he's got the, you know, all the, all the brass coming in and he just, anything that he can play, including I think jingle bells are in there somewhere. He just, it, no, he's got it. It just, it's every quote reference. It's squeezed into every nook and every cranny and it's just flipping genius, man. The world lost a Titan when that guy left us early too. It's another one gone way yeah, too Yeah, very soon. much like James Horner, right? He, he uh, yeah, he was what in his mid fifties, something like that. Came in fifty three, yeah. I think. Yeah, wow, that was tough. You know, he did another score of a movie that I think um, I only liked it kind of partially, and I think I'm the only one who liked it at all. But that was Hudson Hawk, and uh, was that? I can't remember uh, who that was, was in another that. Bruce Willis film. So Bruce Willis and Danny Bruce Aiello. Willis. And their gag was they were these sort of cat burglars, but they would time their robberies or their burglaries, their whole capers, to classic songs. So they'd realize, okay, we're this whole thing, we got to be in and out in two minutes, 32 seconds, and Danny Aiello would think, and then he'd say, swinging on a star. And then they'd both be humming the song uh, in, the, you know, uh, in the same rhythm and uh, go in and do their thing. And I think the reason I like it, because that was the, the, the movie that made me just absolutely just completely go nuts for Danny Aiello's voice. He's just a terrific singer. Yes. Um, and then uh, Andy McDowell is in it. And she spends a lot of the film shrieking like a dolphin or, or does so at one point, which is ex <laughs> excruciating. So it all balances out. Uh, yeah, you get some good with some bad. Yeah. Was, well, did you guys and you covered his background about like how he was in a rock band with the guy that would later to go on to uh, to score X-Files. You guys knew that about him? No, really. I don't. So Michael Kamen was in a band. He went to I think it's the. The high school for the performing arts, or one of the one of the big arts high schools in New York, and uh, was there with another guy, Mark. I can't remember his last real last name, and I can't remember the name of the band. But it was a it was a like a punk something or other weird eclectic art band that they played in together. And one of them went on to be Michael Kamen, and the other oh, went on yeah. to be Mark Snow, who uh, who scored X Files. So 
there's a and then they all ended up at Juilliard where John Williams comes out of. So there's yeah, a lot no of power kidding. coming off of that. Did anybody else in the band go on to do anything? Yeah, is one of them managing a Circle K at this point or Yes, I'm I'm not I'm not sure where, you know, it's the drummer and the lead singer have had a baby out of wedlock and we we know, you know, they're selling corn <laughs> husks we in all Iowa or something. I'm not sure. Wow, no, I, <laughs> we are indeed. I always associate uh, Cayman with uh, well, not only the uh, the Robin Hood theme, but you know, basically he every every time a Morgan Creek movie would open up, they they love that mo- they love that theme so much they oh, dro- right. you know, cut out a minute of it and dropped it over their logo. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and all of those Brian Adams songs. I mean, a genius songwriter and had a serious run. You know, do you really love a woman from Don Juan DeMarco? My goodness, that song is a beautiful, beautiful. Well, and, and of, of course, music. that whole "Everything I Do" yeah. from uh, Robin Hood. You know, you you, yeah. you look at Cayman on IMDb, Hood. and he's got hundreds and hundreds, it seems, of of credits just for instances where that song or a snippet of it was used, whether it was, you know, on a TV show or Family Guy or or some other tiny uh, tiny reference or tiny nod. It no, it yeah. permeated society. I mean, to the very core. It's just, it's. I I love guys that write, uh, you know, both sides of the coin that have the roots that, but then are embraced. I mean, I think string arrangements and the conductor on tour for Metallica before he passed away. That was like one of the last oh, crazy cool things is he that? did. So, <clears throat> so just Tom, on, you know, on oh, greatest hits. One of my favorite right. ones is his waltz that he did for uh, Band of Brothers. That's just you know epic. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, call. beautiful Great stuff. Call. Really beautiful throws you into the mood. Go ahead, Al. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask. Uh, I was going to ask our guest a, a, a question. And that is, Tom, when as somebody who sort of works in this business of of uh, of movie music and and things like this, and you've worked with so many of these uh, these great composers, and you are a dreadfully talented musician in your own right. What do, what do you think that? What does that feel like for somebody like Cayman or anybody who's scoring a film like this? Um, when either the director or maybe does it come from him when somebody comes to him and says, okay, at the end credits, um, instead of your music, uh, you know, let's use, let it snow or, you know, throughout this film, I want you to borrow nods from, uh, from Beethoven, from the Ode to Joy. It depends if it's part of the, the vision of the filmmaker to sort of get that communicated. It, it's, it's actually really fun. I mean, from a, a purely practical standpoint, it's, it's, eight minutes you don't have to figure out how the heck to score. So, you know, it's less work, I suppose. Um, it, you know, we did some stuff on, uh, on Rango. I don't know if anybody saw that movie except me and my parents, but um, they, we, there's a, there's a, um, a blue Danube and there's a um, flight of the Valkyrie on banjo and jug band in there. <laughs> And so, so you know, I'm updating my Netflix list. Hang on one second. There we go. That that thing, drop some acid before you watch it and probably (laughs) somewhere in the middle too. When Clint Eastwood shows up in a golf cart in a desert of sand, you'll know you've hit the halfway point. It's time to drop the other tab. Wow. (laughs) He doesn't, he doesn't sing. Does he like in paint your wagon? No. And it's actually not him, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a really good voice, but Uh. anyway, we get way off track. Um, it's it I've never seen the track. It can be intrusive if it's feeling like forced, but obviously in this case, you know, he not only embraced it, he went crazy with the concept and so it can be a lot of fun um just to sort of see where you can make stuff fit and sometimes it is the composer that'll say, you know, really the best mood for any particular scene uh, is to make the choice to either, you know, sometimes not have music, sometimes to have source music, or sometimes we call it scores, 
uh, which scores. is yeah, scores. It's it's not it's not score, but it's not source. You know, you've you've taken a pop tune and you've adapted it for the orchestra. John Debney on Greatest Showman. I don't know if you guys saw that. Did a fantastic job of taking you know these really hyper produced songs that thread throughout the movie and then moving them onto the orchestra to you know sort of tie it together between the songs and the score and you know just really great work doing that kind of stuff so that's kind of a whole nother approach so it really depends on how they want to use it but yeah the end roll is classically where you get to hear your stuff with no, nothing blowing up and so yeah it is kind of sad when when you lose your chance to sit in the cinema with you and the guy sweeping the popcorn from under the chair and, and you know Hearing six months of your life. Well, right you know, there. it's funny that we were talking about uh, just yesterday, talking about end credits and how, um, how maybe starting uh, just anecdotally starting with something like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and and something reinforced these days by the Marvel mm. movies and things. You do see more and more people sticking around through the end credits, you know, waiting for something. They maybe maybe they're there just to listen to the music. I'd like to think in some cases they are, but uh, at least we see them sticking around. Well, I would hope. That's that's good to hear because you guys are geographically non-invested in the industry. And so I always assume that it's because somebody in there worked on it. I mean, we're within 90 miles of Hollywood. So generally you're sticking around wow, to see Uncle Phil or something, right? Geographically <laughs> non-invested yeah, exactly. in the industry is the politest way I've ever heard anyone tell me I live in the middle of nowhere. That is, it is incredibly diplomatic well, you know. and I accept an happily. <laughs> How's things in the exactly. city? Why is he staying yeah, I'm getting a fax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going up on the roof with the cones. Let me know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, you know what? I'm at 22%, so we should wrap up and oh, uh, yes. or I'm going to disappear let's, on you boys. No, no, no. We, I understand. So let's, let's pick this up tomorrow for the final, final episode. No penultimate involved. So uh, we'll pick this up uh, tomorrow. Uh, join us here. Of course, you can always find us online at DieHardMinute.com. You can find us on Twitter, DieHardMinute. You can find us on uh, Facebook, of course, as the previously mentioned DieHard with a podcast listeners limo. But we will catch you back here tomorrow, Friday, as we finally put to bed uh, this beautiful Christmas theme. So here, we're going to end with time. Tom, uh, Tom's uh, perfectly uh, non-copyright infringing uh, end. So you know, listen, listen here in the background as we uh, pick this up tomorrow. So until then, yippee kaye. Tell me you got that? I got it. I got it. Hit your heart on Channel Five. <laughs>